This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Tim. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning to you, and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it may be to you listening. This is Dismembering Horror, episode 75, in fact, of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Aslan. That's him. That's me. That's me. That's him. That's we. We dismember a horror film. Every week, in fact, every Thursday, straight from us to you, and to dismember a horror film. What does that mean? Well, let me explain. Ryan McDuffie and myself, Tim Aslan, will sit down and watch a horror film that maybe one of you suggested we watch. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just found on a list somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's why it's pretty hit or miss. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get them from somewhere. And then... After we watch it in a dark room together (laughs) to set the mood, we get into a not dark room with microphones and we talk about three things in the movie. Bing, bam, boom. What worked, what didn't work, and things that we found noteworthy or interesting about the movie that neither fit into the worked or did not work categories <laughs> yes that's right tim <laughs> and uh we made it to episode 75 here thank you for joining wow. us um and this is a very special episode because since i think this is our first kids film we're making this our first kids friendly g-rated episode of dismembering horror well do my best we'll see uh if <laughs> itunes still chooses to Slap that explicit content on our on our uh, episode. But our goal is to, nay, not have that. That's right. A lot of gall darns. <laughs> yep. I'm actually very excited to see Tim <laughs> attempt to... Restrained? <clears throat> I mean, this movie we watched Goosebumps is pretty harmless. So, like, <laughs> we'll see what you thought. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, anything to wrap up before we get into Goosebumps here? We watched, I think, the worst film we've ever seen last week. <laughs> the Grudge 2020. Ugh. Not, yeah. not to dwell on that, but I did need to set the record straight on. I listed like what my three most hated film going experiences were, which, you know, is a lot for me. I don't hate a lot of things. <laughs> and um, that was, uh, yeah, quick recap. That was... Um, the Tooth Fairy One, Darkness Falls. You saw that in the theater? Uh-huh. Wow. It was in high school. Like, we were just yeah, seeing sure. everything. And then um, I said, why him? 
and then oh, right. The Grudge. But the one that I was missing, I don't think I mentioned, I realized after the fact, was Battle Los Angeles. <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> yes. Yes. There were two movies that came out that year that were the same premise. Battle for LA and Battle Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, God. Or, or some version of those I don't two. I remember that one. But you remember Battle LA? Did I do. See it? Yeah. It was yeah. terrible, right? Uh, it's pretty unremarkable. These, there's my four offensively bad films and 2020, The Grudge. Yeah. You know what's cool is sort of the history of the battle of los angeles oh yeah the, i've heard about yeah, it yeah it, look that up it's it's pretty interesting it's like some weird event in the oh, I there's don't know, pictures 40s of it or something it's like basically that, when 50s. it was during world war ii era when we were all nervous about you know invaders there were ufos over los angeles and like we started firing flak cannons or whatever we mm -hmm. had stationed up onto them yeah wild yeah <laughs> and led to what a was going on horrible film in name <laughs> perhaps why didn't they just make a period piece about that and make it aliens that would have been way cooler instead yeah. of doing this sort of modern warfare oh, that call of cool. duty thing yeah where it's like the the few aliens do come down but then it's all about how you know it was a small contained battle that they were able to cover up or something yeah. Yeah. That would have been sweet. Then just show all the real life headlines the next right, day. Oh, right. uh, yeah. That'd be fun. Well. Well, maybe we got to make it. Okay. All I've right. I've made it five minutes without swearing. Congrats, Tim. Can you believe it? <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Well, let's see. <laughs> um, okay. Well, to move on to our actual episode, we watched from 2015 Goosebumps. Should we just watch the trailer? Sure. All right. This is it. Goosebumps. Mom, are you positive that there weren't any other places looking for vice principals? You promise you'll give it a shot? I promise. And I looked into it legally. I can't live on my own until I'm 18. So you're the new neighbor? Yeah, I'm Zach, by the way. I'm Hannah. Hannah, get away from the window now. I gotta go. Hi. Hey, we're just moving in. You see that fence? Uh, yes. Stay on your side of it. He's a big teddy bear. Don't take it personally. He doesn't really like anyone. But yeah. Hannah's in trouble. Oh, who's Hannah? She's locked in this house, and her dad's a psychopath. Does she have a friend? Whoa, Abominable Snowman of Pasadena? These are all Goosebumps manuscripts. Why are these books locked? Did you unlock a book? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'll put it back where it belongs. Look, here it is. I'll... No, don't open it! Well, 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 Tim. First up is our rating, how we rated the film based on our rating system. Would you tell yourself, would I tell myself, would we tell ourselves to avoid it, stream it, rent it, or buy it? And I think it's important for this episode to mention I uh, was just of age and ilk to be <laughs> a huge Goosebumps fan. They're a very uh, important part of my formative years. I couldn't think of anything when I was more excited to wait the two weeks for the new one to come out. I was the exact, like, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So just and for there, anybody there who doesn't go. know. And there's Tim's background. <laughs> I'm, I'm a few years older than Ryan, and Goosebumps <laughs> books did not in yeah. exist in my world. I, I don't know if I 
somehow missed it or what? Or you just missed was... it. I was the perfect age. You were in high school or college, probably. Right. <laughs> I was. This was. This is like written for fifth graders. Like is what Arl Stein specifically says. Like is the key like uh-huh. age point that like was the age I was like fourth fifth grade probably right when this was wow. in its prime. Well, I so. have absolutely no context. So you know, we, <laughs> I mean, what, I knew they existed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I would not have expected you to be reading them at the age you were when they were popular. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, different perspective and yeah. different Here's biases. My, my perspective is that it, I'm going to quote: "Goosebumps are caused by the contraction of the tiny erectores pylorium muscles attached <laughs> to the follicles, hair follicles." Uh, the contraction of these muscles is dependent on the activation of the inner nerves known as the autonomic nerve supply. So that's where I'm coming from. And where I'm coming from is goosebumps. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, who, who wants to go first? The rating. Do you want me to? Do you want to? I'm. I'm yeah, sure. Go ahead. i'm feeling we made different well okay i went in with very low expectations to this tim wow really i um like because i don't know part of me is like the goosebumps fanboy at heart the kid in me like i always wanted to see legit good adaptations of Mm. some of my favorite stories themselves so you know when i heard it was just this weird like you know self-aware hodgepodge thing i kind of didn't know what to make of it or just kind of sounded like a a studio thing but uh having seen it now it's i really feel like this is the best way to make a goosebumps movie Mm -hmm. is by you make a goosebumps story by doing this like it's essentially like the cabin in the woods for kids Mm -hmm. is what Mm -hmm. i realized yeah (laughs) um so I just I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would if um, there's something about just that, like, you know, when it's aimed at kids, a lot of the times it because it's not trying to, you know, do what Cabin in the Woods didn't sound like totally flip you and trick you. and It's got to do this. It allows for a sort of like really like satisfying structural soundness of just everything you know, sometimes beat for beat things, they can be so eye rolly, but when this is the intent, it's just mm-hmm. also very satisfying. Just everything clicks, pays off, yada, yada. Um, and, you know, at this age, it's more like just good, stupid fun. I thought Jack Black, I kind of always like just yeah. watching him sit there and make sounds is always yeah. a delight. Um, so I give it as high as a rent it. But the clarifier, if I had kids, I would totally buy it and be like, this would be one that I'd hope they enjoy and watch with them. Cool. Would you, Have you read all of the books? No, because I Do you I know did, how many books there are? I forget the official number and their spinoff series. But like when oh. I was um, reading it, I started to sort of stop and it sort of felt like it was losing its gusto around, I think, book, like I want to say early 60s or so. But like, I still have at home in storage, just like (laughs) all of them. I want to find a good place to donate them or whatever, but there's a lot. Okay. But I made it up to like 50, 60. I was into some of the choose your own adventures goosebumps. So there's all those things too. (laughs) And he's still doing them in whatever (laughs) iteration there is. 
Um, cool. I mean, look, I think it's a fine movie in particular, just sort of from for what it is. You know, it's a it's a solid kids movie. So from that angle, like I, I'd rent it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt to like. Just... But it wasn't. It wasn't like. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. And there, those movies exist. Yeah, yeah. I thought going in, honestly, I a friend of mine came over, I don't know, this is a couple months ago or something like that, and we were just shoot, shooting the breeze. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I had mentioned that I had just gotten Disney Plus, and she was like, oh, she's like, you know, there's this really good Disney like scary movie from my childhood we should watch and it's called Mr. Boogity <laughs> and I was like that sounds awful <laughs> like the worst thing ever it's like the worst sort of combination of bad you know <laughs> Disney Disney Channel like made for TV you know whatever called Mr. Boogity called Mr. Boogity <laughs> like they couldn't even say the boogeyman because they didn't have the rights to it or something <laughs> um and so they make up a thing and we watched it and it is it is horrible uh-huh. granted I remember seeing it as a kid which was sort of weird and trippy to be like oh I've seen this um but it's it's so cringeworthy from every angle it's it's sort of like plays dumb thinking that that's what kids want, which I hate. Like, I don't like when films sort of play down to an audience. Yeah. And coming into this, Goosebumps, I was very concerned. Me too. I was like, this could be worse than Mr. Boogity. (laughs) You know, just if they go in the wrong direction. And they managed to go in the other direction. Yeah, it didn't talk down. Yeah. So, you know, cool. Good job. You did it. Great. Great, 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 great. All right. Now we move on to our summary of the film. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like you should take this. Great. Um, So it's classic goosebump setup where you have a lead character uh, in this sense, a boy. What are their names? Okay. I forgot. I got always got to check up on their name. (laughs) Um dylan oh uh, zachary so we have zach right and then hannah okay so zach and his mom you pick up you know the the husband the father just died they're moving to a new town zach's like he's totally just like the blank slate kind of guy character um and quickly their neighbors there's the cute girl next door mm-hmm. and then also her angry father Mm-hmm. <laughs> played by Jack Black, <laughs> who we learn is R.L. Stein, and he's so protective. One of the reasons is because all of his it, it, this is so this takes place in a world where yeah, R.L. Stein is real. The Gooskies is the author of Goosebumps, so all of his manuscripts as exist in his house, his original manuscripts, all under a lock and key. Then, um, in sort of uh, looking. Think thinking that Hannah's in trouble. Zach gets over there. Him and his doofy new friend. They they unlock one of the books with the abominable snowman in it, and I guess a second one too with Slappy the dummy in it. And um, then all the Goosebumps creatures are released upon the world, and it's up to our little crew of 
the Zach, Hannah, the friend, and Jack Black to figure out how to save the day and stop Slappies and his monsters from... <laughs> well, they've overtaken the whole town within the course of the book. So it is sort of on that that big scale. It's fun. Um, and they got to come up with a plan, even after Slappies destroyed all the books, how to get rid of them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? They saved the day. It's great. Can then, you believe it? And, but yeah, it was great. I love, I mean, I don't know. I'm just getting ahead of myself <laughs> with my excitement here. Um, and uh, I, I guess it's just fun because then the sort of the middle section, the, 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 the bulk of the film is this a sort of like when they're trying to get to wherever they're trying to get, trying to get the school to get Jack Black's typewriter, also oh, his right, typewriter. Right. Yeah. It's just sort of like a fun, oh, we know all the creatures have been released. What are they going to run into next? So that's really the meat and bones of the film, too. <laughs> um, yeah. They all have their little arc. It's, it's, it's great. All right. All right. Anything to add? <laughs> Miss anything? Um... They no, I don't okay. know. <laughs> All right, there's a weird uh, abandoned fair thing in yeah. the middle of the woods. The big finale, yeah. We have the sort of the first finale area is at the school. Then that moves on to this fair, this abandoned fair set in the woods, and um, Hannah turns out to be a ghost as she's one of the the creations herself. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Kind of almost felt like a like a throwbacky. Like, uh, you know, 80s, 90s, kids got to stop the monsters yeah, or whatever film. All right. All right. So we can expand on all that. Should we move on to our first section of what worked? Sure. All right. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked? already said like how it works on the level of like a goosebump story itself it's so in the spirit of exactly that of like the the trio of kids okay um, yeah give me a sense of like what a typical book so often you know then like what's the inciting and often you know moving into the new town kind of thing um even down to the level of like you know what when jack black says that quote which the real rl stein loves he thought it was very true to him of every story has a beginning, middle and a twist. We even had that, like, even though you have the satisfaction of them saving the day and da da da, and the big finale, there's always that last little like, ah, uh, 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 one of them's still loose or it's even worse than you expected. The kind of, you know, mm -hmm. fun beat. Um, but uh, what got me too on top of that, it was just working in that sense, like that it had this whole meta level of it too where yeah. rl stein the character has to write what is happening in the movie as a story in order to then suck all the creatures back into the book yeah i i like that there's this i mean they integrated a backstory for rl stein of like the reason he wrote these books in the first place is because he was a bit of a, I don't know, misanthrope or something yeah. as a kid and didn't have any friends and his stories became his friends. And so it creates kind of like, you know, we've seen this thematically in other films like The Never Ending Story where it's like 
the power of your imagination and like what that means. And in the wrong, you know, it's sort of like a scale of like good to bad. It's like it can come out in a good way and be positive and it can, you know, if it comes from a place of of too much kind of despair that there can be kind of a negative shadow side to it. And in his case, he's writing, you know, out of anger in certain ways that he didn't have friends or he was mad at sort of his circumstances or something. And the the types of stories that he wrote were to get imaginary revenge on the kids that made fun of him. Mm-hmm. And that, came with a price that, you know, sort of mystically that turns into these stories then manifest in reality. And he, he didn't shut it down then. He yeah. like, he gave into that and kept going, which sort of is, that's a pretty complex and interesting, like character uh, quality to, to describe and to like put into a kid's movie. Yeah. But it's, it's just... It's just sort of smooth enough that, like, you can pick it apart if you want to intellectualize it, but I think a younger kid will get it, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 not too overdone. It's not harped on, really. It's sort of maybe two conversations touch on it, and then that's kind of it. Yeah. But I think that's a really cool construct. Yeah, because then we immediately know, oh, all of these these uh these monsters that are unleashed have ill intent they were mm-hmm. designed to sort of just be pure evil take revenge be bad guys but then, came from a place uh that's you know sad and, and yeah you know it's it's touching in a way right it makes the yeah totally that metaphors is doing it if perfect. you it, i mean it's it's it carries over too because he as a character then lives this secluded lonely existence like like He's punishing himself in a way, but he's not learning the lesson yeah. that isolation is not good. Mm-hmm. And so the story, him getting forced to get involved and to like sort of in a way help these kids and like become a part of their world is him learning the lesson of isolation is bad. I should become a teacher. I should be a part of the real world again and that there are good people out there and I can do good things as with my stories as opposed to bad things. With yeah. Them. So it's structurally and storytelling wise, it's great. It's like good lesson, good arc for everybody, good character development. Like it's all real solid except for Dylan, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, two things on that. Like just the, the rules of the magic of the how like it has to be this typewriter kind of thing. All of that mm. it was explained just enough to make us go, okay, we get it, but it wasn't over explained to the point of us going as like asking more questions. Well, you know? I, I see. This is a thing that I think, yeah, it's a. <laughs> there's a really uh, easy way to screw this up, and that is to over describe the magic or the rules or to have the character that is abiding by the rules continue to sort of screw up 
and and like not get it. And we're like, you're smarter than that. You right. should get it. What's the issue? Or like even just spouting more exposition about it. Right. Like, oh, even more rules. It doesn't do that. Yeah. And what they do in this is really simple. They say, how do we how do we solve it? And they're like, well, we already set up the premise that you wrote the stories and that's what created them. So why don't you write a new story that we can put them into? Yeah. Like the into a new book. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea, but I need my typewriter. And they're like, who cares? Just get it. Just type it out. Just yeah. type it. And he's like, no, 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 no. I've, every single story has it was written on that typewriter. It has to be that typewriter. The end. And it's cool. There's no more. Right. It, it, we're like, great. But we, we even get it. We even get it on a deeper level of just the idea of a kind of, you know, if you, you know, you're creative, how like you might have your sort of routine or that there is kind of like mm-hmm. juju or whatever behind, you know, any like, yeah, exactly. You're the space you write in, the right. thing you're drinking when you do it, whatever. And so that just helps us immediately emotionally get it. It's a fun idea to expand on. Oh, yeah, it's just what you have to do. This is where the magic is. You yeah. All of them on it. It's it's sort of that hanging a lantern on it that we've talked about. And, you know, it's always good in this sort of circumstance to have a character who's going, why don't you just do this? Mm-hmm. And then to have a very straightforward. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Here's how it works. <laughs> We don't have time to worry about it. Let's just get the thing done is that's a good way to move on, because what it does is it doesn't make the audience ask the question that the person who's hanging a lantern on it asked. Mm -hmm. If, If we don't have that person go, why don't you just type it on whatever, just grab a typewriter. We then the audience start asking that, like, what's what's like we need to know. Yeah. Why you can't do that. And we trust them at this point, too, when they know. Right. It doesn't work. And like you just said, um. Yeah, Arl Stein's arc, Jack Black's arc, like, it, it was, yeah, fun, paid off. He got, like, the girlfriend at the end, too, is teaching at the school. He's not a misanthrope so much. And um, I just loved, too, like, I was worried going into it that it was just going to be the kid's story and Jack Black was just kind of getting, you know, get trapped the whole movie or whatever, you know, not Mm -hmm. necessarily be in it and they have to solve them. It's up to just the kids so that he was actually part of their little troop throughout the whole thing. Right. Made me very, very happy. Yeah. I agree with that. Smart to do that. You have Jack Black, use him. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, I like little specific things like (laughs) that are just, they're fun and dumb. (laughs) Like his name before we know who he is is Mr. Shivers. <laughs> yeah, old Mr. Shivers. <laughs> old Mr. Shivers. Um, it just sort of is like the right flavor for this type of story. Even like yeah, like R.L. Stein's cameo as a teacher. He's named Mr. Black, so just him and Jack Black switched last name. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, I love that when he finally is looking, he finally gets the typewriter and is looking for a place to write. He goes into the auditorium and they're putting on a stage production of The Shining. Yeah. And he acknowledges it. He's like, this is perfect or whatever he says. All that was that was a funny joke. The ongoing thing of, um, I guess not ongoing, but using uh, the Stephen King reference to oh, first yeah. that, that's how they got him to admit who he was by yeah. s- just playing up oh isn't stephen king more successful author da, 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 da. yeah um, he has a flip out yeah which made sense if you're gonna be in a world where you know again this is our world that's taking place and the authors exist mm-hmm. it was funny and yeah you know, have that come back too there's this <laughs> yes yeah. it's our second his typewriter at the shining set it's our second movie that's had to like hang a lantern on on stephen king what was that what <laughs> In uh, the 
oh god what was it called we just watched it. it's like five movies ago with with sam neill oh in the mouth of madness yeah mouth of madness where they're like you know steve king yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey speaks to his influence yeah no kidding though you know it's to keep skipping ahead to some trivia things of note rl stein has sold uh i think it's uh god i forget the actual number what would be it's 400 o- yeah it's definitely over 350 million okay yeah it was stephen king sold 350 million then rl stein was 400 million oh yeah 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 yeah. more more now more than 400 million there you go it's crazy um all those kids me i mean i have think some... of all those kids right i was one of them that influence I mean, when you know what Goosebumps is and you see, look at some of my work, Tim, it'll, you remember my dummy movie? I do. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, I have specifics too, but I also have some some broader things mm-hmm. still. Just like from the get-go with the opening credits, I liked it had that classic feel of like it was the 2-3-5 ratio. You had the Danny Elfman score that was, wasn't, you know, it was, it was working. And I don't know, I just got on board pretty quickly with what it was um, oh yeah 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 love, yeah, you know, yeah like the cars driving into the country yeah yeah the goosebumps titles you know classy enough mm-hmm. um classic and classy <laughs> and um so green <laughs> what else i had um just <laughs> if it is a comedy too um the things that were getting me going for most uh, just within the first 20 minutes and like being with you watching it was just tickling me. Like, <laughs> like, okay. It's like with the, the, the goofy sidekick, you know, Ugh. friend is introduced and I just could hear Tim just going like, look at this, you know, like whatever, just <laughs> dry. Like, oh, okay. You know, do you just sitting here watching this kid's movie? <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. It's just tickling me, especially with the, the first 20 minutes of setup of just your brain. Knowing, 20 minutes knowing your brain God, was there assessing like a, this all felt like an eternity <laughs> so much set up no it was great though <laughs> and then um that first chunk there, two. Was, there was a moment when we were like probably about 20 minutes in where i literally looked over and i was like i've completely forgotten what movie we're watching like i don't even know where we are because it was so kind of innocuous watching some high school it was yeah it was like they were in the auditorium and they're they're like you know he's having you know new kid at at school life and i was just like wait oh right right that's right we're watching goosebumps okay when's that gonna happen well i think it uh just the right amount to (laughs) to get into their little world they're setting up yeah and that first chunk too, just Jack Black, just in his like hammy over the top Jack Blackness. You stay away from here. You know, just all yeah. that was just cracking me up every time he spoke in that first chunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, I think like the biggest like actual genuine laugh moment for me that I was just so surprised at was uh, the goofy friend champ. Like after they go through this whole thing of like getting uh ch- first chasing after an abominable snowman and getting attacked by him it's this whole kerfuffle they like use magic to put him in a book and after having gone through all this he turns to zach and is like so what, uh, what do you want to do now <laughs> right right yeah yeah the night is young yeah and just um 
I don't know. And that setup too tickled me of like the way that he got um, him over there, Champ over there was telling him he was going to the dance. So he's in his suit the whole time. Right. I thought that was funny. <laughs> well, he gets to the dance eventually. Yeah, so, they, you know, it pays do. off. Um, I think I really like the moment of <laughs> when Hannah has snuck through the, the fence. Mm-hmm. Right. And whatever they kind of get caught after they've gone into the woods and and climbed on the ferris wheel and uh you know jack black the rl stein whatever catches them through the fence and and sort of grabs her and pulls her back through and then the next time zach sees thinks that she's in trouble or whatever he runs over to go to the hole in the fence and it's been like really like just crappily boarded up you know it's like two boards in an x it's like it's such a cartoon sort of yeah. thing but it, you just imagine but like it's great it's cartoonist like, jack black that's just right hammering everybody. yeah he just grabbed two planks and was like ah this will stop him yeah <laughs> this will show there's him. something really fun you know they've they hit in a nice level of of not dumb it's dumb, but not too dumb, I guess. Yeah. It's it's fun, dumb, and not dumb, dumb. Yeah. This is what I was wanting when I saw the other Jack Black Kids film, the house, the, the clock in its walls. Clocks in the walls, yeah. Something like that. Mm. This one was better. Oh, wow. Um, I already mentioned kind of in the summary, I love just the fun and games, as they call it, section of just mm. knowing, okay, now they're going to run in the graveyard. They're going to run into something in the right. graveyard. That was good. Uh, oh, the, after just having the lawn gnomes attack them too, which I love. Maybe the, my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> so good. That was always one of my favorite books, uh, Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes, <laughs> it was called. <laughs> That's what it's called? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. It was scary. Just because like a, Goosebumps, they had a lot of, it was always that tension, which just always is a tension point for me in, in life of like, someone not believing you or the truth or whatever. So you, a lot of the times have that the kids are the only ones mm, that, mm-hmm. you know, slappies yeah. doing stuff with and they keep getting blamed or whatever. Um, anyway, sorry. The, that was the, a bit... the graveyard scene is great. The, the ghouls, they're, the, they're just those yep. typical straight up like B movie zombies. They're yep. just fun to see that. Well, and it's, yeah, there's a really good, that the, the sort of back and forth, uh, character development stuff between Zach and Hannah where he's been established as pretty jumpy and, and she calls him a scaredy cat a few times and whatever. And then they're going, you know, things have sort of turned for the worse, right? Like <laughs> the, the actual books are all open and now it's like, it's serious. Um, I was going to say that in a different way, <laughs> but I resisted. Thank you. Um, and so they're in the graveyard and they're kind of having a little bit of a moment. And then there's a really good, it's, it's the same thing as the tremors, like my favorite part in tremors, which it's a false scare Mm -hmm. where she, we've established that there are people sort of in the shadows in the graveyard for like one shot. So we know that there's danger and then she gets grabbed and she screams and it's just a statue that her hood of, of her <laughs> shirt has gotten caught on or something like that. And so it's a good false scare, right? And then he helps her out and they're, the, they're going to kiss or whatever. And then the moon comes out. And so we get kind of this – it's sort of a, a really good stacking of 
re- reveals because it's it's re- it's not a reveal that she gets scared, but it's revealing that she's also vulnerable. She's not just this like stalwart, tough, you yeah. know, nothing affects her kind of person. So we get a little vulnerability with her. Then we get a little bit of intimacy with the two of them being like, we're close. And oh, my God, like, ooh, we might kiss or whatever. And then we get this this third sort of reveal of, oh, she's a she's a ghost. She's a she's a Goosebumps character that that Arl Stein wrote. That was such and a that, good twist. It's a really, really <laughs> powerful twist because it's sort of like so just bummer and it's also yeah but it's also that level where it's like you go oh of course like right like just i loved that it got me that way and i was so invested in it and yeah. it had that same bummer reaction but that's from um instead of the girl next door the ghost next door uh-huh. is the name of the book okay oh yeah number 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> um well it's number 29 whatever yeah just little turns like that i was always surprised by even when it was like um the R.L. Stein getting together with the aunt who's been set up, you know, oh is just, wants to date, da, da, da. It, but it's just like click. It's like so yeah. obvious that they set it up for that. But then when it works and you just didn't see it coming, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the let's see. Then they go where? Oh, the grocery store scene is fun. The werewolf. Yeah. Why did they go to the grocery store? It's just the way um, it was the direct route to the the back of the school i think or something okay yeah i don't know yeah yeah i don't know why no, they i think you're right it, but something about they had to cut through it oh oh no they they went in because of the giant praying mantis oh they got attacked chased them. right yeah they basically had to take shelter there so <laughs> but that whole sequence is fun it's good chase and scary and I mean, not really scary, but it's fun. Yeah, because you have like, I like the moment where it's um, pushing Jack Black in the cart and he's like, get me out of here. But then as soon as he sees it, it would take more time to get out. You <laughs> yeah. actually like have the excuse for yeah. him getting pushed in the cart. No, the, the like that level of humor and those sort of that style of joke is great. Yeah. Tossing him the uh, the werewolf, the like dog chew toy yeah. to distract him. What it is, it's it's the reversals thing, right? Um who somebody uh Shane Black another guy's last name is Black there's an interview there's a really good um i think it's a uh letter no what's the uh there's the video essays um every frame of painting mm-hmm. and he does one that i think is the one on like Bugs Bunny cartoons and like how to shoot comedy and i think it's that one Either way, they talk about reversals, this idea of like in in a good sort of exciting sequence, you do this thing where it's like – and Shane Black is interviewed. He, he describes – I'm not going to do it justice. But he essentially describes it of like um, everything goes from a yay to a, a oh no to a yay to an oh no, right? Something to that effect. So I think his example is like um, – we're in a plane and, and, you know, we're being chased and we're going to get away. Oh, no, the engine's failing. That's an oh, no. Um, we have to we have to jump out of it. So we what are we going to do? Oh, yay. There's a parachute. We jump out. Oh, no, the parachute won't open. 
oh, yay, we've got a right. backup. It's, oh, no, yeah. it's this. So you get this this push and this pull. Cartoons do it amazingly. Yeah. Like, that's why good cartoons are good <laughs> often because they're just so good at And why stuff. it's also just like the there's a foil to the main, per, you know, mm-hmm. Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner, Tom and Jerry. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's that reversal thing. And it does. they do a really good job in the action sequence of that thing. I mean, a good example in the trailer, I don't know if you guys heard it, but <clears throat> the moment when the gnomes, they see the gnomes and the lead kid, Zach, is like, well, maybe they're friendly gnomes. And then a knife gets thrown next to his head. He's like, nope, not friendly. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's essentially it. Right. A lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, no, the gnome jumped on Jack Black's face. Oh, yay, I have a frying pan to hit him, hit the gnome with. Oh, no. You know. When I hit the gnome, it also hit Jack Black's face and knocked him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can get out of here. You know, it's like that kind of stuff is just really well done. The bear traps are a really good example of that, right? It's like you think, oh, no, bear traps. Oh, yeah, they're killing the gnomes. Like all that whole chase sequence of fun and games is really good. Right. And it moves really, really well. How you do that well is like what I would say, what's the... um, like, how do you best utilize the setting and what can only be done in this situation? Just as we always mm-hmm. say, promise of the premise, pursuing potent possibilities. Yep. Um, I liked, um, it took me by surprise. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> like a lot of this, I guess that worked for me. But this, as that pretty quickly, this gets to like a town wide, mm. um, you know, the, the, the creatures invade the whole town. Like right. it's big, it's a big scale. And, you know, in that fun way of like gremlins yeah. or something, yeah, I, it, yeah, I, I got excited. You know, thought. they, they take over the police station. Slappy takes over the police station from the get go. That was fun with all that. Yeah. I loved, um, Slappy the dummy as this orchestrator and almost kind of like the main foil that Total, that was such a smart decision on their part because Slappy is kind of probably has like the most books as one of the more oh, really? iconic uh, Goosebumps characters. But it is this that he's he's smart, he has magic, and he's just devious. You just can't trust him, you know. Um, so it's just a fun, and he's sort of the uh, the perfect. Um, he's supposed to be the like um, the the dark R.L. Stein's reverse. You know, his dark side. So fun for mm-hmm. him. But just the fact that he was orchestrating it all, he like takes over the police. I don't know, it was, it was perfect. He's voiced by Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to say that. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a smart, smart decision to make, have him not just be another uh, one of the, the faceless crowd monsters. Yeah. Which. I also loved the big crowd of monsters where it's just so fun because you feel like everywhere you look, it's something interesting, makes you want to rewatch it. Um, Even if you aren't a fan and like don't recognize specifically what they were, it's just, it's because what's so cool about this film and what sets up, you have everything from like a giant praying mantis, like a 50 sci-fi movie to just the weird R.L. Stein stuff, evil lawn gnomes. You have aliens, you have a werewolf. It's just like, it takes on this this sort of uh, the, the hodgepodge that it takes on is just so much fun, and I think why I yeah. loved it as a kid is just and still do you hear kinda, my enthusiasm? It kind of reminds me of there's a thing that I really love is like artists sort of uh, drawings of you know all the all the monsters from the 30s, mm-hmm. you know, and they're all hanging out together in a scene. Yeah, <laughs> like I love stuff like that. I always liked it. Like I read a lot of comic books, like. Anytime you had like 
a poster that had like 60 of the the heroes on it. I was always like, oh, cool. And then you get to like look through it and figure out who all is in the poster. This feels like the same thing. If if I knew the books, it'd be like, wait, 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 let's pause it here because there's a shot of everybody and let's like pick out who's who. And sort of it feels a little where's Waldo-y and like you get to, you know, discover all the little Easter eggs. And a lot of them too get their little moment, whether it's a shot or this that much more or they all more featured monster. It's fun. The blob that ate everything. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was a little bit weird that that guy from town was just dressed up as a clown, like playing along with this whole thing. No, that was from a book. It was an evil clown. Okay. (laughs) he's just like it's my turn i can can be myself without ridicule my real friends (laughs) um uh let's see a lot of the cg wasn't totally lame it was was all fine right like i the um the ink coming out of the book like when it zooms in close up i'm like oh this actually looks real and like a lot of the kind of you know passable cg it's when you see them in close up like the abominable snowman like in close up looked really cool Mm -hmm. um i thought yeah i was gonna criticize some stuff i won't (laughs) we'll get to that yeah um and for the most part i agree with you though that it was Pretty, yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, I was surprised. 2015, right? Enough to surprise me. Um, the it's just more set up payoff stuff of having the school dance. That's like the through line to have that all be the big, big. You know, I guess there's two like finale sections, but to have that be one of the final set pieces. Mm-hmm. All the monsters invading have to board up the school. All the kids together. You know, like you're saying, the turn of oh, you're crazy. There's monsters to then seeing the praying mantis attack, mm-hmm. bringing up the <laughs> bring in all these little side characters set up. I don't, that was just all fun. And then same with the um. Of course, as soon as they go to that fair, you know, uh, this is where the final the finale is going to take place. But but in a way, I didn't predict, too, of like, so they set up this Ferris wheel that they go on to have it get knocked over and oh spin God, down yeah. the forest. It was fun. Fun. Yeah. Super dangerous. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> stakes high. You know, it was scary, too. Like, yeah. I was on long for their ride. Yeah. Um. The ending, it worked for me of like, you go through, you know, oh, like we said, we were sad, you know, their relationship couldn't work. She's a ghost. She gets sucked back into the book. She has to do it. But then at the same time, you're like, start to try to think, well, wait, but like, does she have to go back into them? And then surprise, surprise, the rules of the world, it allows it. Oh, no, he just has to write her into existence again. And he does. But I think it's a cool thing to be like, it's. I don't know. I I feel like there's a way to kind of connect it to the broader themes of like the power you have to write these things comes with a price. Mm-hmm. And so given the circumstances, it's sort of more of an oversight by Zach because he just says all of the monsters get sucked back in the book when he's writing the final thing. And then he has that realization of like, oh, I should have written that differently. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And I really like that because it is just life, right? Like sometimes we we get caught up and we overlook a thing and there's there, you know, sometimes it costs us. She's not a monster to him. That's right. And so, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, it's it's an unfortunate 
result of the circumstance right. and how and how it plays out it's way more satisfying to have her come back in a satisfying final twist beat versus like him going oh wait all of them get sucked back into the book except for hannah of course who doesn't parenthetical and, yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah no definitely like he it's a bit of the his lesson is pretty clear it's sort of it's similar to to rl stein's lesson but it's like you know the the people that are important to us or the things that are important to us are always with us right mm -hmm. like there's that sort of moment before hannah comes back that jack black says you know they're here in your head and in your and in your heart and whatever else he says um in your imagination i think something like that and you know that's a good lesson to say it's 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 for Zach to ultimately be accepting of the loss of his father. It's mm -hmm. it's this circumstance has helped him to come to terms with that loss, mm -hmm. not the loss of Hannah. The loss of Hannah was to help learn the lesson of how to cope with the loss of his father. And yeah. that's great. And so because of that, because it's not all about losing Hannah, it's about this other broader, bigger lesson. When she comes back, it doesn't feel cheap. It's sort of like, oh, cool. Like, mm -hmm. we get to have that, too, because he learned the lesson. Yeah. If he hadn't, we'd be like, this is super cheap. And if, like you're saying, he had just, like, quick fixed it in the moment, we would have been like, yeah, okay, well, that's <laughs> kind of lame and cheap. Like, it didn't, have, it didn't cost you anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. It's good writing. Right. It's just, yeah, again, satisfying all clicks. Um, just my last, I have two last things are some things on the casting. I love just some of the faces that popped up. You have Amy Ryan, who is like Michael Scott's love in the office. Um, Tim, I, I, Tim I, one of those people in the world who hasn't watched the office apparently. Yep. yep. Um, and then, uh, and then of course, Ken Marino as the sure. coach. That was, he was really funny, you know, in his bit parts. Uh -huh. Um, and then I'd uh, uh, look up his name, but um, the uh, office, one of the police officers. Oh, yeah. He was familiar. Uh, Timothy Simmons, Simons. He, I know him from Inherent Vice. He's one of oh, the sort okay. of like bumbling FBI guys in that. Um, and then also the other officer, Officer Brooks, she's um, Amanda Lund, who's just um, a, a comedian that I think is really funny. And yeah, she's be, very funny. She should be cast in a lot more things. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last thing I had that worked for me, Tim, can you guess what it was? Okay. Here's the, here's my big, you know, hyperbole, non-hyperbole setup. <laughs> Probably, you know, we've watched films that like have really gotten under my skin or just disturbed me, you know, that the, what we want from these horror movies I watch, you know, actually, yeah, scare me. But as far as just like a get my heart going jump scare this had the biggest one out of and more than paranormal activity three i remember i think that was your biggest jump scare oh yeah even yeah. that i was just kind of That's like right. oh whoa cool you know but i didn't really get me going yeah like the blood drained out of my entire <laughs> yeah. body i was like Ugh. so tim and i are sitting there talking after the movie about halfway <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Oh my God! About yes. Halfway through the end credits, there's no, there's no even like little, just kind of cartoony animation or anything. No. Just out of nowhere, there's Slappy's laugh, just you know, like yeah. that. That just, oh my God, it got my heart going, Tim. 
it just sound because it wasn't like a movie. It was just like it, it sounded like you know I, I didn't I wasn't thinking at the time. I wasn't processing. Yeah. It didn't give myself enough time to recognize it was coming from the film. Oh, oh no, your reaction was like <laughs> there's something in the room with us. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. So props to it took the Goosebumps movie <laughs> to give me my first real scare out of the 75 horror films we've watched. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Good job, Goosebumps. You did it. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Should we do our next section? Yeah. All right. On the other side of the spectrum, what did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I mean, I had just a few things. I mean, just I had very little if you want me to get them out of the way. Sure. Um, I thought overall, like, yeah, I said Jack Black was great. A lot of the supporting characters, the monsters, the kids, I can only say were like totally fine and had their moments but they aren't necessarily, you know, on that level of like, you know, they, they aren't the Goonies kids. They aren't, you know, sure, yeah. uh, the, the two people in Gremlins. I'm not like, oh man, they just killed it. They were classic, you know, kind of thing. Um, but again, they did great and all had moments. Like I said, even the, the, the dorky friend dude had a good laugh for me. Like, which again, took me by surprise, <laughs> but it's something... <laughs> You know, while at the same time I was saying what works about this is that it's so typical and made for 12-year-olds, maybe mm. that's just the one thing where, it, you know, when you fall into this, the super typical, like, archetypes characters, the fact that the main dude was just, like, such just a blank slate guy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Whatever. It feels weird to harp on, but that's something. Fine. Not great. And yeah. Then- well, I mean, I think... He's he's an interesting. He's been in a bunch of stuff. That actor, Zach. He's known for uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. Is that? Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's in that. I didn't watch that, but me neither. Um, I think he's the kid in one of the movies that I like. Said, like, please don't go watch because it's horrible. It's it's like the. Uh, it's called Open House. I think he's the lead in that. It doesn't okay. matter. I think part of the problem, and I hate th- this is such a unfortunate thing in the world of casting and acting and talent and all of that. He's really talented. Like he's got very good timing. He's got very good sort of like presence and like he's he's in it, right? Like I, be- I totally believe him. He just happens to look almost a little he's he's just so clean looking like and i don't know how else to describe it i don't mean that he's not dirty but he's like there is no edge to him as a as a visual (laughs) yeah and it's very odd he's got kind of everything about him just he looks kind of like a mannequin to me and i think that's it's a little beguiling because it, it it goes against the the character traits that he's really, really good at leaning into. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I get why he gets cast in this stuff because he's kind of towing this line of like, he's really, he's a good looking kid and he's got an actual personality and that's really great. But it's, it's sort of like he needs, I think this will happen as he grows up. He needs like some roughing up somehow visually. Yeah. 
Um, they don't do him any favors in how they sort of costume him. Mm-hmm. It also it like it it leans him into too clean still. Like, it showed he liked baseball. He could have always worn a baseball hat. Just something to like kind of some something that's not like monochrome, yeah. tight like <laughs> clean lines. You know, like he's sort he of should have kept wearing that hat his aunt made for him. <laughs> God, can you imagine? I would kill myself if I was him and I had to be in this movie and had to wear that hat the whole time. I'd be like, please, this is my this is my chance to be like the lead in a movie and you're making me wear this hat? Well, they didn't. Oh, thank can God. Can you imagine that? Yeah, they're oh, shooting this movie brutal. for 60 days or whatever it is, just <laughs> always wearing this hat. Oh, there was some magic in that. I don't know how they could have gotten it. Anyways. Yeah. But anyway, it's it is. This is not a criticism of him in no. any way. It's sort of just a product of. I don't know what you call it. It's like you can't be taller, right? You yeah. Or shorter. Or it's whatever. fine. But like 2015, you know, it's could have been, you know, would have kind of maybe leapt into the world that much more if it was just a non-white male lead. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because that's a big part of my what doesn't doesn't work I, I, for me it's just like okay this movie started to get developed in 1998 i'm mm-hmm. just gonna assume yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. that. no one just chose to spoke up there is zero diversity yeah just zero yeah. like not i mean pff, there's not any person of color in the entire movie yeah there's certainly no there's no uh gender like everything is so binary gendered it's like Boys like girls, girls yep. like boys, like everybody's going to match up with somebody. Even, um, uh, what's his name? The, the other teacher, um, not the, the character, teacher. the, the one who goes after Zach's mom. Oh, Ken Marino. Yeah. So Coach. even Ken Marino, yeah. it, it's so, it reeks so much of pre sort of like, hello, sexism is not really funny. Yeah. Cause he's gross. And like the idea that gross is funny funny like sexually gross is funny mm-hmm. we've moved on right like we've learned that that's not really cool mm-hmm. um and so it's to i think if we had watched it in 15 we would have keyed in on it less but i think it's further to your point that it feels like it was written in 10 years earlier ish yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that hurts it. It actually, it's distracting to me. Yeah, no, I just as soon as he comes, as soon as he comes on screen, I'm just like, oh, I could have been that much more in it had it just not been mm-hmm. the case. You know, even the, even the stuff with um, Dylan, the dorky friend, and like the prom queen sort of girl that yeah. he has a crush on. That it just feels kind of icky. It's mm-hmm. like it's not. It's just. I don't know how you like what's the alternative version of that that doesn't feel like such a like cliche, such a yeah. like white binary. <laughs> just... Well, she didn't have to be the like super stereotypical prom queen, you right, know, right, blonde type, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So it just felt a little of that, like um, that whole the, you know, Seth Rogen as the male romantic lead against all these gorgeous, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. No, Seth gorgeous man i'm sure but, <laughs> but you know what i'm getting at yes. you know that that's sort of... a very old cliche we've seen it in commercials yeah. for the last 35 years of some you know 
dumpy, balding 50 year old being married to this, like a supermodel. And you're sort of like, yeah, sure. That's great. But like be having that sort of put out into the world as like, yeah, Mm -hmm. see, he got her. It's mm-hmm. it, that's what's creepy about it. Not the fact that that exists that that you, anybody can be with anybody. Who who cares? But the promo- <laughs> the promotion of that as a sort of like yeah we're we're winning we're mm-hmm. winning because we're dudes. Mm-hmm. We're get, we, it doesn't matter that we're you know don't care about our own well being as long as we get the girl. Yeah, you know, like that's gross. And I think we've moved on. Well, some people have moved on. <laughs> and it really, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, it's not an excuse, but I could really see that it happened with this in just in that, a movie that's developed that long totally, totally. makes yeah. sense where it's just like, okay, they're still making the Well, the and to be, movie. to be fair, the Me Too thing happened in what? Like 16, right? Mm-hmm. So like a year later, yeah, if, if this movie had been being made during that or post that it would be a different you know it, those things would be different yeah. probably as um solid as a lot of the cg was i just am like such a fan of practical effects that you know if any of the more cg moments they could have gone you know just a close-up shot of the actual like physical werewolf i just mm, love that mm-hmm. stuff so much so there was a lot like all the background characters though that so some stupendous like makeup work that yeah. they did kind of thing but um, I don't know. I'm just always going to not notice CG at the same time. When it works, it also equally doesn't work. Well, I, I had a realization. So initially I was going to kind of criticize some of the CGI because it gets rubbery and wonky and, and cartoonish. And then it dawned on me. It's like, this is a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like to have, I, I'm going to kind of backtrack on something I haven't said. So, but what I, that was what I was going to say that the, it didn't work, that it was sort of, wonky cgi at times especially with the werewolf in the grocery store but there it it does work in this context of this world yeah to an enough of a degree that i'm like i'm okay with it i guess so, so. i don't know, know. I'm, it's I'm, right on the line i'm more on the other side where this film struck such a good as i said like classic tone from the get up from the get-go that um oh i mean don't I, get me wrong if they had costumed a like a werewolf yeah. and had a dude coming after them how cool right and i love i didn't say amazing. this in what worked but i love that style of werewolf too sure where it's kind of the right in between where it's more wolfy than yeah, wolf yeah, yeah yeah um, no that i agree it would have been cool so yeah i still come down on it a yeah, little bit. And you know, just that, that whole, they yeah. wanted the action. They wanted to have him, you know, flying across the <laughs> yeah. you know, screen and swiping at them. So it's like, they show it all. It's just one of those things where CG, you just, you feel they're showing it all a little too much because they can mm-hmm. versus giving it all more gravitas. Well, and to that point, the one thing I, the, there are two things I remember from when this movie was being promoted the Ferris wheel and the Wolfman. Like they mm. blasted those two images on all of their promotions. Like mm. every trailer was just, I was like in the grocery store scene. I was like, I've seen this scene because <laughs> I've seen a commercial for this movie a hundred times. Yeah. I didn't remember back, it. back when we watched commercials yeah. I guess, in 2015. I don't know. Um, then, uh, you know, lower tier on what didn't work, but this is more just like the being, you know, the kid and me fan of it some some uh 
the the one addition that I, I missed, there were a couple that I was like really hoping to see that they worked in the movie, but they didn't. And it was fine because they worked in so much. But there's the horrors in Horror Land, which are these. It's It was probably my favorite one, my favorite book. And they have like expanded on it. Um, it's called One Day at Horrorland, I think was the book. But it's basically just like the it's like an evil amusement park where, you know, you can mm. die on the rides. Everything is mm. malintent. It's just like this crazy, crazy Horrorland park. And um, running, Do you think that that's... And, and running it are all these, like, kind of green-skinned, oh. like, devil-horned... Hor- they're just called the horrors, I think, or something like that. Um, Do you think that the the Ferris wheel and that was sort of a, a, a loose... God, it made me wish that they had been somehow... God, that would have been perfect if they had taken the, over that area of town and, like, were a final kind of mm-hmm. thing that they Obstacle, had to go up. Yeah. yeah. God, that would have been great. Yeah, um, maybe they need to save it for the sequel. I don't know. Well, we'll get to that. And things. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then the lawn gnomes, as much as I did love them and I was just gleeful and smiling, they are uh, de- a different design from how it is in the books and the cover of the book where uh-huh. they're described as, like, they're ugly these were just regular lawn gnomes come alive but they i don't know it was kind of fun where they're actually scary looking themselves or just not pleasant i don't know so um it's just that's just one of my sense memories of not sense memory but i remember that cover of the revenge of the Mm -hmm. lawn so well and they kind of have that like that elongated like what's the space between your nose and your upper lip (laughs) you know kind of like look to it i can't think of the comparison but sure I get what you're saying. Ugly, creepy looking. Okay. Anything else? Should we move on to things of note? Don't shame people with long upper lip nose spaces. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's why they did it. (laughs) Okay. Things of note. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. They started trying to make this movie back in 98 with Tim Burton attached to produce it. Interesting. So I think that's why maybe Danny Elfman was still attached as the composer. God, what, 17 years later? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Wait, what was the thing? Oh, oh, um, so, and then as far as, yeah, the sequel that uh, came to be we have not seen that <laughs> have not added it to our hat don't be worried um, but it was announced it was going to be like a more horror land set thing it's like working oh. pr- promotional title or something was like goosebumps horror land and that was that would have been so cool so so cool but it ended up being just a like halloween themed story having nothing to do hmm. with the Horland thing so or maybe i still got to see it but as far as what could have been they rescinded that title and idea much to my and i'm sure others <clears throat> disappointment everyone's um i was i was reading sort of about rl stein and about him and some of his approach to things um he loved that quote during it and said it was very much him when Jack Black says, even though he didn't say it, he like approved the script, loved it and loved that line. Every story has a beginning, a middle and a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at just the titles of even a few Goosebumps books, this totally makes sense. But R.L. Stein, like and his, his um, brother as kids, they like would go to see one of those horror B movies, sci-fi movies every weekend. Nice. Makes sense. Plugs in, you know, Jack yeah. Prating Mantis, those aliens in it. But um, 
He yeah, is, there's he, almost a. Uh, I mean, this is why Tim Burton would be sort of a good fit yeah. if you go, you look at um, what is it, attack Mars, uh, Mars, Mars attacks. attacks? Yeah, it's right. I, I kept thinking, oh, these are similar sort of vibes. Could have been fun, but yeah, sort of. He's a contrarian in a lot of uh, writers' advice, where he says a lot of people don't like this or say this, but I like to start with the title. He gets really excited about the title at first. So that's cool. Scarecrow walks at midnight. Monster blood. He's you know that's <laughs> this is what gets him excited starting from that that uh place so not a uh, you know whatever works for you but it was fun to hear him uh speak to that's what works for him cool anything else you have i have more i'm just feel like i've been not talking really. a lot no i'll keep talking it's your then. it's your show today <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um so they, yeah, you said how, you know, Jack Black voiced Slappy the dummy. Mm-hmm. He also, they made, they wanted Slappy's face to resemble Jack Black's. Okay. So. Did it? That was, yeah. A so it's without the glasses, you have to, you know, imagine it with the glasses, whatever that Jack Black's wearing in it. Mm-hmm. But at least that was um, some direction in there. And Jack Black also voiced the invisible boy. That doesn't surprise right? me. <laughs> Especially when the invisible boy's voice was just so that obvious, like, hee ha picture jack black doing that <laughs> it's funny um did you know that rl stein has two pen names yeah for fear street it's you no no he has a for i guess his older books crowd he has a different name i think the pen name thing is so odd i mean stephen king has one i know why do you do that though like what's what's well, what like, purpose is it serving? Like, think of it like those names: Stephen King, R. Sure. L. Stein. They like mean so much beyond. You know, they have such a strong connotation to it. I think sometimes, and you know, once you reach that level of success, mm-hmm. too, it's just. I think it's a. It's just one more thing in your toolbox to why not use. But, Fair enough. Yeah, but what? Wait, what are they? Oh, um, jovial Bob Stein. <laughs> Where's <laughs> more jovial stories? Maybe an Eric Affaby. <laughs> so funny. I love he's such a weirdo, Tim. Um, yeah. He seems like a cool dude. He is very, yeah, he reminds me of um, watching him talk, sort of like a cross between like uh, Stephen King and David Lynch. Whoa. Type guy. Nice. <laughs> Very, you know, believes what he said. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. You get the ideas this way. One time I was walking down the street <laughs> and saw a mother say to her daughter, you know, and that's when I thought of this. Right. That's funny. <laughs> Sometimes the editors say this and you have to, you know, that kind of matter of fact way that um, David Lynch talks. But then yeah. the kind of um, the more practical horror bent that Stephen King possesses. That's why. <laughs> compare those it's funny yeah we, we haven't seen a stephen king movie yet have we you mean one that's been written like based on no um i don't think so no we were thinking of going to the pet cemetery right i mean i didn't see um i still haven't watched a lot of people gerald's game did you watch I that started it and i just wasn't feeling it so okay I, I i've heard on. good things but as we have many things on our list mm-hmm. the I haven't seen Maximum Overdrive. That's what I want to see. In your life? No. Oh, dude. I used to watch that when I was a kid. It's hilarious. Could be a fun revisit <laughs> um, for you. Um, the kid, all the kid actors, they said the creepiest um, thing on set was that clown. And, <laughs> I'm shocked. Right? But they said that it was partly because he never, ever broke. 
Oh my God. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you. He probably wasn't even cast in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He probably just lived in that fake town. <laughs> and he's like, ooh. Yeah. Just let me grab my wig. No one asks why he's there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> super little trivia. This was so tiny. Some, some first AD or, or like, you know, whatever AD is like, hey, uh, yeah, uh, you, 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 you over there in the, in the, yeah, the clown, clown guy, come over here. We need, we need you in this shot. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> um, super tiny trivia. The, so there's an Egyptian priestess, one of monster. Wow. And her eyebrows are actually actually hieroglyphics that spell wow. out the word goosebumps. Okay, like right, like <laughs> some costumer just got. You know what? The costumer probably was somebody who read all these books. Yeah. It was like my dream. <laughs> I hope. Um, speaking of actually, the costumers, the makeup designers. I didn't write down any of the specific stats, but it was really incredible. Like when you know he said CG, but. Some of the creatures that weren't CG, like you to hear the effort that they put into it, where it was something like they had, oh, there's like frozen people and it took like, God, four oh. months to like create their wigs. And there was like the swamp creature that like took, you know, they said however many hundreds of thousands of whatever little like, things they had yeah. to sew in that took months and months and months. So Crazy. that detail was there appreciated. Did, uh, i didn't look did this have a, a pretty hefty budget for the time um i think so it it made money yeah it was uh 58 to 84 million is the that's, budget that's quite a lot for a kid's movie yeah and then grossed um 158 great good for them yeah jack black i think i got about a hundred just under three million a hundred million of that <laughs> profit <laughs> it was kind of funny seeing jack black tied up by the by the gnomes like um because that's ex it's like just when you're a movie star just you have these things happen to you he was in gulliver's travels and he got oh, yeah. tied up by the little people and that <laughs> the lily puts he got things. tied up in uh, tropic thunder too <laughs> but it's just funny to see like that exact way of these little yep. guys tying him up it's like oh, there's jack that happening to jack black again i mean for all we know that was something he th you know thought of when they were sort of working working out those scenes of like you know where are we going to go with this that he could be like well you know i don't last think time was i was in that involved yeah but i could see definitely someone like that making that connection yeah memory yeah yeah totally or even from like army of darkness you know they're yeah. that. oh yeah um it threw me off at the beginning seeing those sony pictures animations title yeah i so, noticed that it's kind of funny it says this is the first sony pictures animations live action film <laughs> like <laughs> is there a non-live action sony pictures animations film like what what i guess they, what I'm, are those i mean they only did no, no the question would be <laughs> the other way around right like this and this was the first one it's called Sony Pictures Animations. You shouldn't be surprised that they're doing live action films. <laughs> no, you wait. No, you shouldn't. You should be surprised they're doing live action films. You knew what I was saying. Oh, so they're the company. To, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying other than this live action one, what had they done prior as Sony Pictures Animations? A bunch of animated films, yeah. we'd presume. Well, I'm looking right now. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. There you go. The Smurfs. Um, the last, uh, the last thing of note I had written down here, Tim, 
was <laughs> okay. You know, this, this movie in so many ways, as I said, was like very throwback 80s, 90s. You know how like with the Goonies, there's the there's the great Cindy Lauper song Goonies are good enough. But then like the music video is just so wacky and hokey. I honestly don't even know with what Captain you're talking about. Lou Albino and stuff. It's so weird. <laughs> um, and and uh, who's that um, Andre the Giant? Someone like that. Okay. <laughs> So there's this history of just like weird like spin-off music videos, the Men in Black, you know, one when we watched Willard Crispin Glover at his <laughs> end music video. Oh my god, yeah. So I uh recommend you check out the single associated with this film featuring Jack Black, Bumps Gonna Goose Ya. <sighs> And it's just you are you are really trying me here. <laughs> this is it, it's like no, if Tim. I'm not supposed to swear in this episode, Tim. If I was trying you, I would show it to you because <laughs> yeah. this thing just it's it's kind of just you, you should watch it listening if you <laughs> okay. want to see. It's 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 ridiculous, but like always, Jack Black has given it his all. Um, <laughs> But it's pretty uh pretty funny. It just seems totally like a not of its era. Just quick, gotta like bust out the music video for this song we also busted out. And, well, we uh, do. We know Jack Black is musically. That's inclined. why it's fun to hear him go. Mom's gonna goose ya. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he does his Jack Black thing. I, I will say my I guess thing of note. I was pl- very pleasantly surprised that he managed to get one key eye. Like he has like a recurring eye. Yeah. So he, I'll, I'm going to do it right now. He, he does this. He does a sound like vocal thing in so many movies in like the Tenacious D stuff. All of it. He goes, Ki-ai! and it's sort of just like this expression sound that he makes. Right. <laughs> he managed to squeeze it into this movie at one point. I was like, there it is. You got it. Ki-ai! <laughs> Wait, what was the part? I don't remember. I think they're in the high school. Okay. Great. That's all I have for things of note. Should we wrap this up? Sure. Move on from Goosebumps. Thank you all for joining us for Goosebumps. We're going to move on to our recommend dead chins. What Tim and I can recommend dead. (laughs) (laughs) We watched, read, heard, saw, ate. (laughs) That's right. We've done food. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I'm going to continue on uh, the the nostalgia train that we're on and recommend dead the live action aladdin even though i know a lot of people didn't like it i watched it and i quite enjoyed it it's not as good as the animated one don't get me wrong i've been on the fence about watching it actually so convince me i don't know if it was just me being an emotional person and like feelings, uh, being having a day where I was feeling like, I don't know, easily moved by things. <laughs> I don't know. But like the music in it is very good. As you know, like the music from that musical is amazing. The songs are great. It was super nostalgic for me for some reason. Um, Probably the music. And I, yeah. And I felt quite moved by a bunch of it. The acting is very good. Mm. Even, even the Will Smith, that it's Will Smith and he's doing his thing. It's fine. It's, it's, it got really just bad panning. And Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't think it was justified. Um, They did a good job. 
and the bad guy is great. Like mm-hmm. everybody's performance is really good. It looks great. I mean, it's fun. I wanted to watch it. Now I will. Yeah, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. What made me? It does, it, as you would imagine, it does have a credit roll song <laughs> that is a rap by Will Smith, and perfect. it's just like, I was like, oh man, they did it. They went there. <laughs> they could have avoided it, but maybe not. I think it's in his contract. I think every movie he makes. He ha- is contractually obligated to do a rap in the credits. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not far off. I recommended recently The Lady and the Tramp. That's remake. true. You're right. <laughs> Which I've still never seen the original, so. Um, I am going to recommend Dead. On theme, this is one that's, you know, you got to get crafty to track it down. But one of my favorite Goosebumps things as a kid oh. was a computer game called goosebumps escape from Horrorland. okay and it was kind of like one of those mist style like yeah. point and click adventures but also had like an element where you'd get trapped underneath Horrorland, and it turned into like a first person shooter where you mm. couldn't shoot anything you were just running away from these like terrifying monsters <laughs> that you could hear far off <laughs> and they just appear <laughs> around a corner um but it was great it was actually spooky it had the the horror guy you know all the um the 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 video, the, the filmed cut sequences were like really fun yeah. and it got by the end. It starred or it started one of the main actors who weren't one of the main kids in it that you're playing as or whatever. No, you're some other kid. You're just with these main kids, but one of the main people in it, Jeff Goldblum plays Dracula. Nice. And it's just totally <laughs> Jeff Goldblum playing Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. My God. But I just was so fond of that game as a kid. And, um, I don't, you know, don't know if I'd revisit it, but um, could be fun too. I don't know, you know, like if you just recommended Aladdin, if you can be in a certain mode to get behind, it could be fun. I'm sure there's a way to like rom it or whatever, figure out, you know, get crafty. However you play old, old (laughs) Windows games where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Goosebumps, Escape from Horrorland. Cool. Next week's movie. It's my turn. Give me that hat. There you go. Oh, there's slim pickings in here. There's only about, I don't know, like nine left. We got to refresh it soon. Otherwise, because our chances just keep going up of picking wrong turn two. Oh, (laughs) that's true. Angel heart. Angel heart. No clue what this is. Me neither. Tim and I like immediately look up. (laughs) Did you recommend edit to us? Oh, Okay. Someone did recommend this. Oh, yeah. Me. This is the one with um, uh, Robert, Robert De, Niro. De Niro. Right. Okay. Okay. There's an image with some blood in it. I'm down. Great. Super. Is that Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Uh, until you should watch it. Cool. If you watch it. The whole spirit of this show, too, is we hope you'll, you'll watch it and then discuss it with, the, you know, kind of digest it with us as we do. Yeah. Maybe you've seen it before, Angel Heart. Either way, tune in next week, Dismembering Horror. Until then, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. Yeah, you can you can see us <laughs> on Instagram. Yep. We, we post stories and stuff sometimes. And you should leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Mean a lot to us. I'd also it. like to just thank Ryan's mom. It was, you know, through the grace of your desire... To have me not swear in this entire episode that I managed. 
I just thought of you the whole time. <laughs> and I said, I don't want to disappoint Ryan's mom. <laughs> and so thank you for that. We did it. We did Together. Because, <laughs> mom, you should hear him usually. He's a great guy, I swear, though. Just... <laughs> you don't swear. I swear. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you should leave us a... Um... Oh, tell a friend. Yeah, That's, tell that a really friend. helps out tell if you enjoyed this. Find another like-minded horror fiend. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's it, Tim. So in closing, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>